Hello, everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. This is Amy Bisson, and I'm here with Mickey Dumont. We're the hosts of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcasts, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members, and we'll keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. One of the biggest disappointments of the Massachusetts legislative session that ended last July was the failure to enact an update to the foundation budget or state aid to our schools. With a flourish of last-minute information, some of which mysteriously came from our own Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, the clock on the bill and the legislative session ran out and no House-Senate compromise could be reached. That did not, however, mean education and public school supporters have given up. Since the end of the legislative session, and with some new faces in the Massachusetts House and Senate, a coalition of advocates have been working together to initiate a new campaign, the Fund Our Future campaign, determined to ensure that this time around, our schools receive the funding attention that is needed. In this episode, Beth Contos, AFT Massachusetts President, and Jeremy Schenk, AFT Massachusetts Engagement and Campaign Coordinator, talk to us about this effort and the urgency education supporters feel in getting this legislation passed. We are at a critical crossroad in public education funding, and we need to band together to ensure that the two pieces of legislation being proposed, the Promise Act and the Cherish Act, are successfully passed and implemented for fiscal 2020. As you listen to Beth and Jeremy's impassioned conversation with us, ask yourself, how can I help get this legislation passed? We need to work together to be successful. How will you help? Hi, everybody. This is Amy, and uh, podcast twin Mickey is on her way to join us. We're here with Beth Contos, president of AFT Mass, and Jeremy Shank. And Jeremy, remind me again all of the different things you do. Yes. Well, we can, we'll do the simplest one, which is I'm our campaign coordinator at yes. AFT Mass. So we'll just leave it at that. Okay. You, yeah. He's a jack of all trades, but we'll yeah. call him campaign coordinator today. And so, the Fund Our Future is our most important campaign. It certainly is. So we're here today to talk, to talk about Fund Our Future and have Beth and Jeremy talk to us a little bit about what's going on with that particular campaign and why it's so important and imperative that all of us get on board with that right now, right from the very beginning. So uh, you two want to start by explaining a little bit about the coalition that is backing Fund Our Future and pushing this through uh, legislature. So um, the coalition is led by the three um, major, the biggest um, teachers unions. So we have AFT Massachusetts, we have the Boston Teachers Union, and we have the Mass Teachers um, Association. MTA. MTA. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> right. So we have all the teachers unions throughout the state involved. But then we also have MAJA, Massachusetts Education Justice Alliance. Um, when the, and the Fund Our Future campaign sort of comes out of 
the Education Justice Alliance. Right. And we have um, <clears throat> Jobs with Justice, NAACP, Citizens for Public Schools, JALSA. Yeah, there's FENOM, which is Phenom. the higher education, like public higher education student union almost, yep. right? Um, right? So it's like it's like college students at public uh, colleges and universities across the state. Um, they're a key player. So, um, Progressive Massachusetts. Right. Um, there's other civil rights organizations, but I think that's like the main. Yeah. So this effort is so big that it's encompassing a lot of interests from pre-K all the way through college. Right. That's right. Right. Okay. And I see and Mickey is to not confuse anything, but there's also what's cool. That's our statewide coalition, and then there's local coalitions. Right. We call the local tables in, in most part cities across the state, and of course, one of the most active groups is the Lowell Education Justice Alliance. So there's versions of the Lowell Education Justice Alliance that are sometimes organizations, always um, groups of, of educators and parents and um, often students in different locations across the state, whether that be in the North Shore or in Lowell or in Lawrence or Springfield, <clears throat> places like that. Right, and the coalition is heavy on student voice, parent voice, and educator voice together. Yep. Excellent, excellent. That's the way to get things done, isn't it? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, uh, there are two things that I keep hearing over and over again, the Promise Act and the Cherish Act. Mm -hmm. What are those and are there differences between them? Yeah. Well, the Promise Act was introduced by um, Senator um, Sonia Chang-Diaz on the Senate side. And what was the yep. senator? She, she's my senator, so she represents Roxbury and Jamaica Plain in mm -hmm. Boston. Mm -hmm. And then the rep was Aaron, was Aaron Vega, Vega, who uh, represents Holyoke. Right. Um, so he was the lead sponsor in the House. So they're identical bills. One is running through the House and one is running through um, the Senate. And mm -hmm. what this in particular does is funding A through 12, and then the Cherish is the higher ed one. And are based on recommendations that came out of um, mass budgets research uh, about how badly our schools are underfunded. So these are recommendations that are super important, like charter reimbursements, money for the amount of children that live in poverty, money for English language learners, um, special ed. What's the other one? Healthcare. Healthcare. Because Healthcare of, of public school employees. Right. And we know how healthcare has gone up so much in recent times that it's, it's ironic that the cost of an educator's healthcare is factored into the per pupil expenditure. Time that goes up, less is in the classroom. Yeah. And in some ways, it's like the new and improved version of the bill that we were pushing last year, mm -hmm. uh, last legislative session, I should say. Yeah. So um, the, there's a couple of key things that um, so what Beth said, right, is it's the four pillars of, of school funding, uh, English language learners, low income, special education, and health insurance. There's also um, full, the full funding of the charter reimbursement and extra funding from Chapter 78, which is state aid, for schools that are at, for districts that are at the charter school cap, for things that weren't in last time, and I think make the bill even stronger. And and then the Cherish Act is basically moving towards what we're hoping is like a tuition-free future for higher education. Um, Massachusetts actually ranks in the bottom half of mm -hmm. states for affordability for our public colleges and universities. Yeah. 
given our what we think of ourselves yeah. as a state of higher uh -huh. education, we're I think now ranked 27th or 28th as far as accessibility and affordability. You know? yeah. And so um, it really is like you said, a, a pre-K to through higher ed. Um, and so those two bills together is the Fund Our Future campaign. So that's what the Fund Our Future campaign is. Uh, um, is, the, <laughs> is, is those two um, those two bills. We're hoping our building reps and some of our members may have seen this logo around. Um, and if you haven't, you will. Talk a little bit about the urgency. Why are we getting involved with this bill right now? The new session just opened in January. What's well, the urgency here? First of all, the urgency is our kids have been waiting long enough mm -hmm. and we just can't afford an entire generation to pass by without funding. So um, we want to be involved for, right from the beginning of the conversations so that we're sure we can direct the conversation. We don't want to get off track and then have some compromise bill that doesn't do everything we need. It to. <clears throat> um, we want to be sure that we look at, I know there are other bills out there, but they don't look at poverty as being um, an important factor to fund. And we know that cities and towns that don't have a poverty issue perform much better overall and certainly on MCAS. And there's so many different reasons for that. So we need to help mitigate. We need to have um, counselors. We need to have smaller class sizes. We need more EL teachers and reading teachers so that we can support all our kids. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there's an older saying that says nothing about us without us, right? So the idea is um, we, we are setting a deadline for the legislature mm -hmm. that this has to be the school year that this happens. Right. Right? We like, want September to yeah. be fully funded yeah. or as close to it as possible. Or at least have like a phase in where it's coming, right? right? So, <laughs> um, you know, we're really starting to, to, to see the stark realities, and I, and I know Lowell's a place. You, know, you, could, you could say Lowell is roughly understaffed by several hundred educators, yes. right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could say that, now you could say, this is what this, these dollars mean, right? right. Um, in Lynn, we have a 50 to 1 uh, EL teacher to student ratio. So there's 50 English language learners for every English language uh, teacher, which is unacceptable. So the idea is this is no longer, I think even saying underfunding is not, it, this is a funding crisis. We are in right. a funding crisis. Right. Um, and this has to be the year that we fix it. The way Sonia Chang-Diaz put it is this has to be the last um, school year where our students go through the underfunding that they're going through. Right. This is, this can, I, can I just jump in here, Beth and Jeremy? Um, is another reason that we're stressing the urgency of, of getting this bill moved because a lot of the districts will soon be starting budget sessions. Yeah. Exactly. Really nice to know what's going to be available in the next school year. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, so like I'm in bargaining with our Lynn uh, union right now, the Boston teachers union is trying to bargain and you know, the Boston teachers union, you know, they're bargaining in a city that essentially right now, all the state aid goes to fund the charter schools and that's it. Right. Right. Because like, so it's like you, you know, our cities are trying to create budgets. We're trying to negotiate contracts like this. Just, this can't happen anymore. I mean, you know, um, it looks like Chelsea is going to go through another round 
round of major layoffs. So they're, yeah. they're going to look more like Lowell where there's going to be no more libraries. Mm, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like it's, ridiculous. it's just, the, this is, and I think too, the other sense of urgency is the legislature failed last session. That's right. yeah. they, they were close and they failed. And we told them then we are, we're coming at you on January 1st when the or second, when the legend, this, that right. was, an, uh, you know, and we did, right. we showed up yeah. and we were bugging them right from the beginning. And that's why we have more than one bill on the table here. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we're serious. And they understood after last year that something needed to happen. Then it didn't happen. They were all disappointed. And now this has to happen. I got to ask you, do you think the Wellesley's, of the world would put up without having a library or right. a librarian in their elementary schools? Not or, for a second. Not for a second. Or a nurse in their school? No. Yeah. Right. They would not put up with that. And so part of what we're doing in our coalition is helping families and students themselves find their voice mm. and bring that to their school committees and then even bring it to the state house. We will have some actions through the year to be sure that the state house knows that it's not just the teachers unions that are upset about funding. Yeah. It's our kids and our families that are upset. Yeah, I mean, we just had a powerful presentation that Beth and I were part of literally two hours ago right. about trauma and mental health. Mm. Uh, the trauma that our students go through, particularly in urban districts. And I would contend, not through lack of effort of educators, but our districts are not adequately staffed or resourced to deal with the trauma that that happens when you are arriving in the middle of the school year from Central America, riding a train, um, right. You know, with siblings back home, staying with an uncle, you might be in the foster care system. Like we, those students can't wait. There, there's just no, right. you know, the political calculations at the state house are unacceptable right. when we're talking about children not getting what they deserve. And we have a state um, mandate in our constitution. Um, we have a mandate to educate all children who are in our commonwealth, yeah. regardless of what their needs are. Mm-hmm. So we have to provide the resources to do that. And one thing we need to do is figure out how to help students deal with um, self-regulate their yeah. trauma and right. um, uh, you know the effects of poverty are, are far-reaching, and we need to put maybe a second teacher in a lot of our classrooms, or just if we have the classroom space, reduce our class size. We need counselors. We need behavior specialists. We don't need law enforcement in the schools, what we need are the right resources. So when a child is experiencing or exhibiting the signs of trauma by acting out, we can remove the child and have a real therapy session, mm-hmm. not a punishment session. Right. Okay. Right. And I think too, what I've, I was talking with, so the, there's some folks from the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights who are working on this. There's been a real uh, embracing of this issue by civil rights organizations. The the anniversary of the Brown versus Board of Education is coming up um, in May. Um, you know, and I think our, so as a teacher union person, right, and I've had conversations around the state um, with educators, I think we have gotten used to scarcity. We have figured out, and I would contend as yeah. 
who used to work for the United Steelworkers mm -hmm. that were also a predominantly female workforce. Right. And so we tend to um, just fill in the gaps either through just buying supplies ourselves. Right. Um, working sort of long hours. Working long mm -hmm. hours. After with these kids, uh, you know, buying food for children, oh, which yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, our boxes of healthy snacks that we have for students, right? That the scarcity that we're dealing with is not okay. Right. And we have to be there for each other right. to say that what we're dealing with is not okay and we are going to change that. Thanks to both Beth Contos and Jeremy Shank for speaking with us this week. We'd especially like to thank them for flexibility as we recorded remotely at the start of this week's snow event. And we apologize for a bit of deterioration in the sound quality of our remote. The message from Beth and Jeremy, however, remains strong. We all need to work together with urgency to ensure our schools are fully and adequately funded for the next school year. We hope to hear from many of you who can help join this effort to fund our future. Be sure to check out the links on our podcast website, www.utl495-straighttalk.com, for more information. If you are a UTL495 member, we hope you will participate in our personal funds used to support my classroom survey on SurveyMonkey. The survey will be open now until March 9th, 2019, so that data can be compiled for the Lowell Fund Our Future Legislative Forum scheduled on March 11th. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We welcome your general comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, or if you're aware of a UTL member who might be willing to share their experiences or their expertise, please send us an email at utl-straighttalk at gmail.com. We'll be back with another podcast episode in another week. Until then, this is Amy Bisson with Mickey Dumont wishing you a great week. <laughs>